0: Welcome to Dark Crossroads Podcast, hosted by Roxanne Fletcher. This is your stop for all things true crime and paranormal. From the infamous story of the New Bedford Highway Killer to the chilling tale of the Black Eyed Children, Dark Crossroads Podcast is a truly deep dive into the stories that frighten and fascinate you. All links to the show will be provided in this episode's description. And don't forget to let us know what you think of today's episode. Five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, would go to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks, and I'd spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning. Wow, I cannot believe you're walking at 1 and 2 in the morning. Okay, it was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box of the waltz with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance-walking, heading straight toward me. Deciding he was probably drunk i stepped as close as i could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by the closer he got the more i realized how gracefully he was moving he was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit he danced closer still until i could make out his face his eyes were open wide and wild head tilted back slightly looking off at the sky His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again but kept my eyes on this man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain that he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving Very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away, or I pulled out my pepper spray, or my cell phone, or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling, and still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. What I meant to ask was, what the F do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper. What the f? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started his dance walking away, just like that. Not wanting to turn my back on him again. I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be completely out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time, he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off of the side of the road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then... He was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. Okay, so the next story is called... Using Sleep as Android app. I use an app called Sleep as Android to improve my sleep. One of the features is that it records your nighttime noises, snoring, sleep talk, cover ruffles, coughing, etc. I've been using the app since October 1st of 2013. I've never caught anything other than sounds created by me changing positions or coughing or something like that, although I've been told several times I talk in my sleep by other people. On December 30th at 2 or 4 a.m., I caught something very weird. This night, I was sleeping in my bed. My three-year-old was with me that night as he is scared of the dark. It was just the two of us in the whole house. The next night, I decided to go through and delete my recordings and saw this particular record. In it, you can hear some clicks that start to get louder over the course of the recording. Eventually, you can hear me say, what are you doing? And immediately after, there is a deep voice that says nothing. Then, clicks become very loud at that point, and at the very end of the recording, you hear the same voice say, that's them. She sent a recording in, so I'm going to play it now for you guys, and you can decide what you hear. I'm pretty creeped out by this. I don't remember being awake that night. The only plausible explanation is that I answered my own sleep talking, but the voice doesn't even sound like me or something I could emulate. It definitely doesn't sound like a voice my preschooler could emulate either. I have no idea what the clicks could be. I keep a fan going at night for white noise, but the clicks sounds like they're coming from right near my phone, which is placed right by me on my bedside table. I want to say I've picked up the clicks a few times on recordings before, but I deleted them thinking it was nothing. This is the first time I've ever heard anything, though. I have caught no more voice recordings since then. I have also beeped up my home security, changed locks, that kind of thing. This happened four months ago. Since then, I have had no more weird voice recordings, but there were one or two instances with the clicking noises waking me up at night. During one of those times that it woke me up, I sat up and I tried to hear where the sound was coming from, even though I was pretty scared. The sound seemed to be coming from the area of my fan, about 12 feet away from my bed, but the closer it got, it started to fade away. When I got to my fan, it wasn't coming from my fan at all that I could tell, and it just stopped. Also, I took someone else's advice and walked through my house shortly after the final clicking and asked that whatever it was, please leave my house, and that my son and I were scared. I felt like a complete ding-dong doing this, but I was up to trying anything. This experience really messed me up for a while. I no longer live in the house, so no more updates. This next story doesn't have a title, so I'm going to title it myself, uh, Creepy Mystery. This story happened at my old house. Three of us lived on the main floor of a house and a stranger lived in the basement. That's not creepy or anything. We didn't know much about the guy in the basement besides that he was a big gamer and he smoked a lot of weed. Almost every night I could hear him below me coughing up a storm as if he were about to die. I would hear this quite often and I began to realize this wasn't really directly below my room. He appeared to be coughing in a room under our garage. Sure enough, my roommate and I went to the garage and jumped up and down and could hear the hollow room below us. Eventually, this guy decided to move out and we were able to move our friend into the basement. It would be our first time down there and I was excited to see this weird room under the garage. Our friend took us into the laundry room, which was under my room, where we discovered a creepy little red door that led to a cement room filled with trash and old furniture. It was basically a dungeon. This is where he smokes weed every day. It was full of mold and seemed dangerous to breathe in the air. Our friend didn't understand our need to see the weird room because he was pissed off at the state of the apartment. I was surprised since it appeared the other guy moved out and our friend moved right in after a day later. But then my friend told me that the guy had been gone for two weeks already and nobody had cleaned it. I thought about this for a moment and immediately got a cold chill down my back. The last two weeks, the sky was gone, but I could still hear the horrible coughing coming from the creepy room. This next story is titled, Never Staying Home Alone, Again. This story happened a few years ago, and I am sad to say that it is a little bit like the ring. My house is said to be haunted, well, at least that is what I say, and we moved here when I was 14. Since then, I always feel like I am not alone. Some nights, I can see lights go on and off in my bathroom, or I smell horrible things when I am awake in my house but this encounter with a ghost was the last straw. It was a cold, rainy day, and I had to let the dogs out in the house before they froze to death. My mom was at work, and my dad was at work. They both said that they will be coming home late, so they gave me a list of what to do in order to be safe or just to keep the house in order. But the list was long, and I was not looking forward to doing all this stuff when I could be having fun playing around with nobody home. When I was watching TV, I started to get the feeling like I wasn't alone after all. I felt a cold chill on my back, and at the corner of my eye, I started seeing shadows. I felt a little better when I saw that my dog was not barking or showing teeth at anything. I went up to get some lemonade out of the fridge when suddenly as I walked forwards, it opened on a man. This is where it gets to be like the movie The Ring. I walked around the counter in the middle to see if I could see anything in the fridge. Nothing was there, so I just walked over there and I closed it but then I felt stupid because my lemonade was in there. I sat back down and I watched more TV. As I started taking a sip, I could see in the reflection of the glass in my kitchen. I looked at the glass trying to see the kitchen fully now, and what I saw next made me have nightmares. Looking at the glass, I suddenly saw this black creature run straight across the kitchen counter, and right as I gasped, my dog jumped up and started barking like crazy and showing him warning teeth. I jumped up with all feet, and arms on the couch watching my dog all of a sudden my dog starts moving his head like he was watching something dance or run his head is moving across the ceiling and then back down to the kitchen counter again then my dog moved his head and stared straight at me i screamed because i knew that this ghost was either right beside me or right behind me i ran to my room upstairs and i locked the door i started crying out of fear and listened to my dog bark like crazy then all of a sudden the barking stops. My bedroom is big, but my bed is right in the corner near the window and the closet. I was sitting under the covers waiting to hear my dog bark again. It was all quiet, and then I hear my dog scratching and barking even louder now at my door. There was only one meaning to this. The ghost was now in my room. Next thing I know, I was woken up by my mother on the kitchen counter. She asked me what had happened, and I told her the whole story. She then asked me why I was on the kitchen counter. I told her that all I remember was passing out in my bed. She looked at me and smiled. And then she said, It's okay now, sweetie. Everything's fine now. The title of this one is The Mummy, the Children, and the Scary Man. When I was around six or seven years old, we lived in a duplex in the middle of town. My memory is a little hazy on the layout of the house, because we didn't live there long due to the amount of activity, but I do remember that there were three floors. The top floor had two rooms. One was my parents, and the other was mine and my little sister's. The main floor was a kitchen, living room, and another bedroom. Below was a basement where my dad had painted a Native American portrait on the ground. One night, shortly after moving, and my little sister wakes me up and says she has to use the restroom, but the man in the corner is scaring her, and she wanted me to come with. Being half asleep I grabbed her hand and go. We get back to the room and she says he's under the bed now and starts crying. We turn around and get our dad and tell him there's a man in our room and he's hiding under the bed. My dad grabs a bat my parents used to play softball and thoroughly checks the room and tells us there is no man and to go back to bed. This unfortunately was not an isolated incident and happened multiple times. We ended up switching rooms with my parents because of this. After the room swap, I would wake up and hear crying as if somebody were in pain. Annoyed by being woken up, I would go downstairs to sleep on the couch in the living room. One morning, my dad asked me why he kept finding me on the couch, and I told him, the mummy upstairs is too loud and the children down here sing me to sleep. Now, the basement was the most terrifying place I have ever been in and still have nightmares about it to this day. The basement door would open and close on its own, even if it was locked. It wasn't pressure change causing the door to open. You could lock it and jiggle or shake it every which way and it would not budge. When it was unlocked, you could very easily open or close the door. You could feel a heaviness and negativity down there. Being a child, I thought it was because I was afraid of the dark, like most children are. It felt like someone was just one step behind you, and if you stopped suddenly, they would bump into you. Anytime we had to go into the basement, we ran the entire time, and I say we because no one ever went alone. The worst experience I had down there was when my mom and I went to grab some vegetables and we were heading back upstairs. As soon as my mom had walked out the door, it slammed shut. I felt something grab my leg and pull me down the stairs into the center of the room over the painting. My mom was trying. Everything she could to open the unlocked door to no avail. Screaming and crying, I got up and ran back up the stairs and the door popped open. I know it's a possibility that I slipped when the door slammed, but it doesn't explain being pulled to the painting. After that, I refused to go into the basement. When I was older, around 15, I asked my mom if she remembered all the activity in the house and the basement incident and why dad had painted on the floor. She said she remembered that and that it was the most terrifying thing that she had experienced she said after some digging she found out it was built where a hospital used to be the third floor was the icu and that a man died from severe burns that covered ninety percent of his body the main floor was a TB ward where many children died from the illness and that the basement of the hospital was the morgue she then went on to say that dad painted over a pentagram the landlord couldn't get 100% off. He gave my dad permission to paint the portrait because the landlord was Native American. According to the landlord, the previous tenant had hung himself in the center of this pentagram. In his suicide note, he said he was sacrificing himself to Satan to roll at his side in hell. I asked them why they would move us in knowing a man had committed suicide in the name of Satan. My mom said the landlord had the house cleansed before they moved in and financially it was the only option they had or else they would be homeless. so it's that time guys to say goodbye but before I do so I just want to send a thank you to all of my listeners for your continued love and support and for sending in cases that you want covered and stories that you want read on the podcast we truly accept all stories including scary paranormal And funny. Any cases you want covered or stories that you want read on the podcast, just please send them in to darkcrossroadspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for hanging out again today. And if you want any more information about the podcast or cases and stories that we cover, then head on over to the website at www.darkcrossroadspodcast.com. There you can find all of the information about the podcast, a link to our merch, and also our blog covering all of the cases that we cover. You can also find us on all social media platforms. Don't forget to like, share, rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. You can subscribe to the podcast for bonus information. There is a link in all episodes in the notes that will send you to our subscription page and with that you will get bonus content, discount on future merch, and a lot of extra goodies. Every single dollar that comes through donations or through our subscription goes straight into the podcast, helping fund research, and it really helps us out and keeps this podcast going. And with all of this said, please don't forget to be weird, stay different, and don't trust anyone. Curiosity Box delivers the cerebral fascination of Vsauce right to your door through engaging science toys, surprising puzzles, and books that expand our understanding of the universe. The creators worked together to create, design, and handpick each illuminating item in the Curiosity Box, including constructive kits, brain games, and imaginative custom t-shirts. Every orderly delivery will turn your home into a laboratory of wonder. If you have always been curious about the world around you, then subscribe to the Curiosity Box and have access to the most popular science education network on YouTube as it energizes a community of Earth's most inquisitive minds with videos spanning science, math, and the human experience. And now all of that passion is in a box pulled out the screen put in your hands. You can also receive monthly courses spanning popular academic disciplines to inspire and nurture the next generation of curious thinkers, innovators, and inventors. They are delivering a deeper learning experience through AR, VR, and video lessons on the MEL app. Join the curious community on their journey to explore the world. Celebrate the amazing and support brains for the future of our pale blue dot and beyond.